Good afternoon. Today, I'd like to address a topic that uh, we could say is universally needed to be addressed, and that is the issue of jealousy, envy. That's uh, safe to say everyone in the human race struggles with at one time or another, to one degree or another. Uh, I imagine that if you ask most people, what have they heard, what have they been taught uh, in terms of trying to deal with those feelings? Most people, I imagine, would answer that they've been taught to have faith and trust in the Almighty and to know that everything that a person is given in life is for his benefit and uh, should be happy with his lot, as we find the beginning of the fourth parak of Perkyovos, Misha describes who is a truly wealthy person, the person who is happy with his lot, that's a truly wealthy person. And this uh, perspective is encouraged, it's praised, it's put out there for us to try to utilize. However, it's, can you uh, mute yourself? It's not quite so simple. We see from Ebenezer Ezra in his explanation of the tenth commandment that forbids us from desiring that which belongs to other people. That there needs to be a first step. This is also indicated even in the Mesul Sashar, the eleventh chapter where he addresses this challenge. There needs to be first a recognition that a person has no power to do anything on his own. He does not have the means of changing his life situation. That's, of course, fundamental. No person has control. All control is in the hands of the Almighty. But we could believe this, we could espouse this, but nevertheless, it could be still a deeper, lingering thought or feeling that if I try hard enough, I could change my situation. And it seems clear that the first step needs to be a full recognition and a full embracing of the truth that a person with his power, with his ingenuity, with his planning, with his efforts, cannot gain anything of his own power. There's a place for putting in proper efforts. Of course, that's part of the life of any uh, even most observant person. You cannot just rely on miracles. But to, to realize that I am not the one who's in control of my life situation. I don't have the power to gain anything for myself. That has to come first. The Bereshit says very clearly that once he knows that, then he'll be able to trust. Therefore, he will trust in his Creator, who will provide, he will provide for him, and do that which he knows to be good. But if we think into it a little bit, we may find that there is a need for something additional 
maybe even um, equally fundamental. Because if we only take the approach of accepting our lot in life, knowing that this is what's good for us, many times we're left um, sort of very unsatisfied. We don't know why this particular lot in life is that which is good for us. We could try to trust, have faith, even though we don't understand, don't question the ways of the Almighty, but it doesn't leave us with a really satisfying feeling. It's not something that we find we're able to really embrace in a fully positive, desirous fashion. We can be accepting, sort of like uh, conceding, accepting, submitting to the plan, the will of the Almighty that we don't understand and we're still left sort of very unsatisfied. I really wish it could be different. Maybe we could, we could pray. Prayer has some impact. But very often, the Almighty has a plan that we don't understand. We don't know why it should be that way. And uh, it's very difficult for that to be sufficient to help us. We still see other people having what we think that uh, would be good for us to have. So what could there be, perhaps, to help us to be really embracing our life situation, to be rejoicing in our life situation, and not just accepting it in a very submissive and trusting fashion. So to approach this, I would offer the following suggestion. Try to imagine that you have come to know someone come to know someone well, who you truly admire in a very deep and profound way. You're able to recognize this person is a really good person. They are caring, they are sincere, they are loving, they are honest, they are loyal, they are empathic. They are humble, they are wise, they are patient. They have every good quality that could be hoped for. And it's in a very unpretentious, very natural, truly humble way that enables you to really be close to that person with all your admiration, with all your esteem, with all your amazement of how truly good they are. Again, if we could know such a thing, if we could really recognize that in another person, you're still able to be truly close to them. And that friendship is also one of their outstanding characteristics, that they're able to befriend others and embrace them and bring them into a really close relationship. And we find ourselves wishing that we could have some of all those amazing, wonderful qualities. Would that feeling be the same kind of feeling as kind of a jealousy that we experience when we see that somebody has something that we wish we would have, whether it's of a real material nature or a more abstract nature, their fame, their recognition, their, their success in life? Would this feeling be similar to that kind of feeling? Or would it be perhaps very, very different?
I think if we if we stop and try to get a sense of it, we'll discover that that desire that we have to have these qualities would be a very, very different kind of feeling than the kind of desire that we have for other material or life situational qualities. What is that really all about? And I think what it's really all about is that the experience of jealousy is only applies to something that another person has or possesses. It doesn't apply to what, what another person or what we are. I'm only jealous of somebody else's possessions. But I don't want to be another person. And the qualities that are of the person himself are a real essential nature. Those are not possessions. Those have to be of ourselves. And it's not possible for me to have what somebody else is. I can only be myself, and I can only make myself into the person that I can become. And I only need to make myself into the person that I can become. We may undervalue that, potential that we ourselves have. But if we would have the proper value of it, then we'd be able to aspire to it, respect it, and embrace it in a full, complete fashion. We would know that's not something that's subject to measurement. Just like somebody would ask us, if you see another person being more successful, similarly more blessed, do you want to be that person instead of yourself? Nobody would say yes. Because we only want to be who we truly are. But the quality of jealousy is one that's based on essentially measuring ourselves or giving our primary attention to what we possess. And that could apply to all kinds of possessions. Not only material ones, but even abstract ones. We take possession and we consider ourselves to be having our situation in life, our respect of others, even um, our, our knowledge could also be viewed as a kind of a possession. So where does that lead us? I think that leads us to recognizing that it's really all about what we make our main focus. If we are living in a having mode, trying to gain self-worth through what we possess, whether it be tangible or intangible, then we'll be subject to all these difficulties, challenges, pain and suffering. And it'll be very difficult to alleviate them just by accepting that our lot is good for us. What we have to do 
is to recognize the real truth, the real meaning of our existence. To embrace that. Um, can we know what really matters to us? I think we can, we can, we can come to sense it. Um, to part this uh, method of illustration, nobody's expecting or hoping that after 120 years, it'll be said about him how much money he amassed, how many businesses he bought, how many students he had, how many pages he covered in his acquisition of the most important knowledge. He will want that should be said about him some of those qualities that we mentioned before. Because we know that what really matters, what we're really all about, is becoming the person that we can become. Of course, our learning, our knowledge contributes to the elevation, the edification, the, the personal growth. And there are many methods that we need to use, all our life experiences can contribute to our personal development. But if we make, we embrace that as the truth of our existence, as the source of the eternal and even the present true good, then we will be freed from the comparison and the competition and the envy of other people's life situations. How is that? Because then we'll know that the entire meaning of our period in this world is to develop ourselves to be the person that we can become in our personal character and our personal development. And the life situations are only, are nothing more than our personal laboratory that has been designed for what we, for what our soul, for our truth needs to develop. Almighty knows for each person what they need as their laboratory. And then it doesn't matter the personal the particular conditions don't matter at all. Of course, we're not hoping for suffering and difficulty, but essentially, it wouldn't matter if I have $5 or $5 billion. It wouldn't matter if I have 5,000 students or five students. It wouldn't matter if I could learn 5,000 pages or I could learn five lines. Whatever is my capacity, to develop, to become the person I could become in all the characteristics that are represented by the Almighty's true good. Now we have in our potential to bring that from potential into actuality. That is all that our life is about. We can embrace this as our true essence, as our true meaning, as, our, as the true source of good for ourselves. Then we will not affect it by what someone else has vis-a-vis -vis what we have. And then we can live a life of peace, of tranquility, of happiness, of embracing that which has been given to us, of rejoicing in it by the knowledge that this is what is precisely correct. 
we have to do we can to upgrade, so to speak, to improve those, to enhance our potential. Rambam says, all the good that's promised to the Jewish nation is to enable them to be involved in the study of Torah and performance of the mitzvot and not be prevented by life conditions that take us away. We should try to merit to have the best conditions proper, possible, of course. But essentially, they are all contributing to our own development. There's nothing else, there's nothing else about them that has any meaning or anything to offer. I think this is something to try to think about. Can I ask a question? Um, maybe soon I'll call you. Oh, I think that's all we need for oh. today. I'm going to call you back. All right. Okay. Thank you very much.